Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government in the town of Shrewsbury. On today's podcast, we'll be joined by Select Board member Mo DiPaolo. Mo was first elected to the Select Board in 1993 and has recently announced that he decided not to seek re-election this spring. We'll be happy to talk to Mo about his career and his devotion to the town of Shrewsbury and local government. I'm Kevin Mizikar, Town Manager of the Town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by Principal Department Assistant Taylor Galusha. Taylor, why don't we start right there with your title? So, um, what happened oh. to your title over the last few weeks? I got promoted. <laughs> I got promoted, that's right. So, congratulations to you. Uh, happy Thank to you. share with everyone. Um, we did a search for Communications Director communications no. <laughs> coordinator um, is the actual title. Uh, we didn't have to go far. Um, Taylor applied and certainly uh, is excelling at communications for the town and uh, certainly deserve the promotion. So congratulations to you. Thank you. How's it been in the first few days in the new title? Uh, <laughs> I changed my email signature. That's good. And that's about, that's yeah. it for now, but I'm excited. I think it's something I've always been passionate about in all my college involvements, what I studied at school, um, and what I've always taken a liking to while being here. So right. I'm excited to be able to dedicate more time to that area for the shrew. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so upcoming episode, we'll just have to spend some more time. Yeah. We, we talked about public engagement and things like that, but I know you have a lot of ideas and um, things that we'll be working on to continue to work through the strategic plan and engaged and connected and things like that. So I can be a guest on my own. You can podcast. be a guest. That's right. So <laughs> we'll pretend we'll welcome you in and everything. So awesome. it'll be it'll be fun. You can uh, talk to a mirror for the first, first <laughs> twenty minutes. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> Anything else going on for you personally? Any updates for all your fans out there? Um. Well, I went to Hockey East tournament last weekend. You go to a lot of hockey stuff. I do go to a lot of hockey stuff. It was Merrimack was playing yep. the Hockey East tournament, and I got to meet up with my parents there because my sister's college, Providence College, was playing in the four o'clock game against um, BU, and then Merrimack was playing UMass Lowell in the what was supposed to be the seven o'clock game, but turned into the eight o'clock game because both games went into overtime. Oh, so nice. it was a very long night. Um, that's good. And then they lost to BU the next day, but. That's not good. It's sad. And then they lost to Quinnipiac this last weekend in the NCAA tournament, <laughs> but they made it. And I think yeah. that that was kind of cool for them. So yeah, that's awesome. It's a good season. Good accomplishments. Yeah. Can't say I've been to the NCAA tournament, so good for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 100%. That's great, so. What's up in the shrew, Kevin? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, super busy time of the year as we move into the first part of spring, which we're happy is on the horizon and weather's actually been cooperating with us. So, Knock um, on wood. Yep, busy season for town meeting. There's a lot of other stuff going on. We talk about town meeting and the budget a lot. That Those things are well underway. Um, but a couple other interesting things going on. We were recently, uh, through the efforts of you and Nick Repecta and Alex Martinez and a bunch of other people have been designated Tree City USA. Yes. So um, the town has always done a really good job and dedicated an appropriate amount of resources uh, to tree conservation and protection. And we've evolved enough to become a Tree City USA like many other cities and towns, but it's a, it's a huge honor and lines us up for grant funding and other opportunities um, and great recognition for the staff. It's something that's obviously really important with our environmental and uh, climate change initiatives that we have going on. So a lot of effort over the years and we finally received the mm -hmm. designation. So congrats to everyone who uh, put a lot of work into that. Um, and then there's a facade grant program that we're yep. really excited to be rolling out through the planning department. Uh, town planner Chris McGoldrick and assistant planner Louise O'Neill done a lot of work. We've secured funding from the state level to be able to assist businesses help improve the exterior features of their building. Facade grants are um, really a mainstay in local economic development efforts across the country. Um, 
local governments partnering with small businesses to help improve the look and feel of the building. And there's really no risk to the town because we're making the investment in the property and the building and that stays regardless. Mm -hmm. So even if the building or even if the business owner doesn't stay for, you know, five or 10 years, the asset is there. Yeah. So it's like we're really uh, investing in the, the building infrastructure and the business, of course. Right. I don't want to downplay that, but um, some folks may sit back and say, well, why, why would you make investments in the private property? But it's that critical part of the town center where uh, people get their sense and feeling of community. So uh, it's an important thing to do and help businesses at the same time. So. Um, that will be rolling out. We're going to have a street, complete streets, public information session coming up. Um, and we'll have a couple other public information sessions coming up. And they're mainly, well, one of them's related to town meeting and one of them's related to yard waste. So yard waste has been a hot button topic because we haven't been performing really well or we didn't perform really well in that area over the last year or so. Uh, we've been struggling with our current uh, provider uh, to have appropriate staffing and resources in place to be able to do yard waste curbside collections. Mm -hmm. uh, so we actually went out and got another vendor. Uh, Casella is going to be helping us with that this coming spring. We're going to increase from seven uh, weekly curbside collections to 12 yep. between April and November. So we're going to be mailing information out, but folks can... Um, look at the website and uh, come to the yard waste collection information session that's coming up and get their questions I think answered. by well. the time this premieres, yep. they should have the um, mailers, but it is on the website already. Great. So thank you. Um, and at the select board meeting on March 28th, so <laughs> they can go back and watch that recording. Okay. We'll be yep. having a meeting with Keith Baldinger, the assistant. Um, Department of Public Works Director and Gosha Stolarska, the program manager for solid waste. They'll be coming to the select board meeting to talk about the Perfect. changes. So if people want to listen instead of read, they can do that too. Great. Yeah. Um, so I think we're, we're doing everything we can to turn that program around. We know it touches almost every resident. It's mm -hmm. important for folks given the density and lack of easy places for residents to get rid of them without having to pay a lot more money. So I think it's a great service that we provide and we'll, we'll, we'll try to get that back on track. Um, just a couple other things. Um, we're going to be modifying the standard operating hours for town hall. Um, we're, it's really a twofold effort. First and foremost, we're going to be staying open later on Tuesday nights. So rather than closing at 4.30, we'll be open till 6.30. Mm -hmm. And we really do hope for uh, so many of the people who work a normal business schedule, uh, even if they're working from home, it's still challenging to get to the town right. hall by 4.30. Um, we hope those few extra hours gives people the ability to come conduct their business um, with town departments uh, conveniently and in person if that's how they choose. Um, we will be closing at noon on Fridays, so that's the second part of it. We're always looking to stay competitive in the municipal marketplace and the general marketplace, and uh, it's no secret uh, that local governments always uh, try to provide um, benefits because we can't always provide the highest salaries and right. other uh, opportunities that are offered in the, in the uh, private sector. So providing flexibility on Friday afternoons so closing at noon is the second aspect of that. So public service and, and uh, employee um, benefits is, is really what we're seeking through this. We did it last summer, yeah. it was rather successful. So we're starting um, a little earlier in April this year. We mm -hmm. may not end, we will continue to monitor the data. And if it doesn't make sense from one standpoint or another, we'll make those changes right. again. And but. Selka and the school department will remain at their same hours. And this is only for town hall. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't affect like the library or any of the other? Correct. Not, it won't impact the COA, at least at the beginning either. So right. everyone else will okay. have. The town hall will still be open for access to the school and Selco, but we'll be making those changes otherwise for town staff. Um, and then just final PSA, I guess, and as far as what's going on or what's up in the shrew is we're still seeking uh, tax relief fund donations yep. from residents uh, to participate and, and help those in need. 
those dollar for dollar, they'll be turned around and used to offset uh, residents and needs tax bills. So if you have the opportunity to provide a, a tax donation, there's an opportunity coming up on your next quarterly tax bill and you can just provide that. And that those time. that wanna apply for relief that qualify, the application's available on the assessor's okay. website and those are due by May 15th of Great. this year. So um, hopefully people will give the assessor's office a call, a visit, email, just to make sure that they're getting all the benefits that Great. they can get from the town. That's a good two-part reminder. Thanks for adding that. Um, so I think without further ado, we have a special guest this afternoon. Uh, we'll have a longtime a selectman, uh, Mo DiPaolo, come in and join us. It's our second elected official. We'll be mm -hmm. in. We're breaking all the rules in, in close time. And we look forward to a conversation with Mo and, and his experience and all the service that he's provided to the town of Shrewsbury over the past 30 years. So we are now joined by Mo DiPaolo. Uh, Mo, welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you. So um, you originally joined the select board in 1993. Um, so let's start there. Let's start at the beginning. Um, did you, well, first of all, did, did you have, were you on any other boards or committee prior to be on the select board? No, nope, I, um, I was on a town meeting for a year. Okay. Um, my way to get to be selectman was kind of came kind of an odd way. Okay. Um, How'd that happen? Um, I think I think I told you um, uh, the town wanted to buy the Maple Ave property where the soccer fields are. Okay. They had a deal with the Biology Foundation. They had to buy the land by a certain time, and, um, and I worked at Spags and. There was a ball field next to the fire station, a little t-ball field and a basketball court, no parking. So Spags just, we decided we wanted to buy the ball field and we would pay 720000 to the town so the town could have the $720,000 to buy Maple Ave. Okay. And I volunteered to um, be part of the team. Um, and I became the team. I was told <laughs> in the first meeting that I was going to make all the presentations and I hadn't spoken in public since um, I was a freshman in high school. Uh -huh. it, was quite, it was quite interesting. Anyways, I went through the whole process, went before all the boards, um, had a presented town meeting, mm -hmm. and um, I just like being involved in government. Yeah. And um, so after we went through the whole thing, I said, Geez, I'd like to get involved. I said, where would I fit? I said, oh, geez, I think finance committee, because I really was afraid of my own shadow. I was like very self-conscious. I, mm. I still am self-conscious. Mm. And uh, so I tried to get on the finance committee and Kevin Byrne decided that I needed to wait another year um, after the whole thing he went through. He was the through. moderator back then? Yeah, Kevin was yeah. the moderator because um, it was kind of contentious. It was kind of like Beal without Facebook. <laughs> and uh, he told me I had to wait. Oh, the acquisition of the land. The acquisition of the, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, would, uh, but no Facebook. So um, anyways, he told me I, I had to wait a year. So um, long story short, um, I've been friendly with Freeney Polito all my life and uh -huh. I was whining to him about how I couldn't get on the finance committee. And he said, no, 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 you should run for selectman. And I, I can't do that. I was mm -hmm. like, um, one thing led to another. I thought about it for a few days. Mm -hmm. I went home and told my wife I wanted to run at the selectman. Mm -hmm. um, I was met with silence. <laughs> 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 and uh, about a day later, I kind of wound up with the idea. And yeah. I asked people what they thought about it, thought it mm -hmm. would be a good idea. And I read. Interesting. Uh, so, read. so. Taylor was digging into some research on oh, this. Yeah. It, it was a unique election. There was more than two seats open, is that right? Three. There are three seats open. Okay, how did that three happen? Three seats open. Uh, Ron Gouch um, had been on the board and he got elected state rep. Oh, okay. So there was a year left on his term. So there was a one-year seat. Uh, June Tomiola, who had been, I think she was on for 12 years, she decided not to run again. 
And Peter Whitney, who had been on it for three years, decided he wasn't going to run again. Oh. So there were, there were three seats. Hmm. And Laurie Hogan, uh, yep, you, I know. you know Laurie. Yep. Um, she ran for one year seat mm -hmm. with another gentleman. And I think there were four or five of us who ran for the other two seats. Yeah. Bruce Codd was, was one of the other uh, people who ran. Um, it was a big Is that deal. when he was elected too? Was he elected yeah, with he, you? at the same time, yep. yep. He had retired from the fire department for a few years. Uh, that was, it was an interesting race. Yeah, uh, interesting. So let's, uh, so I said we'd start at the beginning, but so we started at the beginning of your selectman era, but you grew up in Shrewsbury, right? Mm -hmm. your, your father was a home builder in town. Yep, so my grandfather, it, my father. What was it like, what was it like growing up in Shrewsbury? Back then? Yeah. Um, it was different. Um, it was a lot of open space. <laughs> a lot of open space. Yeah. Um, I said there were a lot of dirt roads compared to what there are now. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, there was a dividing line in town, the Route 9. Mm. It was the Route 9 side, and it was, you know, north and south. Yeah. Um, and it, it was divided. It really was. And... Um, we, you know, so much that we had we had two little leagues. We had the American League and National League, two separate parades. Wow. Um, it, it, it was a long time before all of that kind of gelled together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, it still was a nice town. I still see a lot of it. Of course, I'm too young to realize all that stuff about it being split up. But mm -hmm. yeah. um, even though the town has grown a lot, um, obviously there's not a lot of open space like there was. I still, I still feel it like it has a small town feel. You still, if you want to know people, you can know people. Mm -hmm. um, Route Nine was nothing like it is now. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of, um, they were houses that people turned the first floor into stores. They mm -hmm. were, right. they were bakeries. Um, first floor would, you know, people would live upstairs. The bakeries were downstairs. It was it was kind of neat. Um, all we're, the white white city in the '60s that that went away. That was an amusement park. Yeah. And then the other side where um, the Dunkin' Donuts is, most of that was just a big gravel field. Um, and there was Dunkin' Donuts over there. We used to go there when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. We go to CCD at the church, mm -hmm. and we'd walk home. I lived about a mile or so from here. And we'd go down there on Saturday mornings, and you get a day-old donut for a nickel, or you could get a you could get a fresh one for a dime. Um, but it it was great, and yeah. you could go in the woods and uh, Lake Street Park. Um, that was a farm, mm -hmm. and we used to go through the woods from my house, go to, go down there, um, go into the farm, steal a few ears of corn. The farmer must have been Mr. Sears. I was going to say it's Mr. He would, Sears. He would right? come out with his. Um, Shotgun with, with buck salt in the thing and fire the gun. Um, and we'd run around. But when I was when I was a teenager, I had a snowmobile. I could go from my house, cross Oak Street, go up the power lines, cross SAC, um, cross the road, and go up into where all the poets are. That yeah. that section. Drive up there. I could drive all the way up to the um, where Beal is. Um, on Lake Street. You could do that now, but if you go through everybody's <laughs> backyard. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a nice, well, we thought it was a small town, but there were like 17,000 people in town when I graduated. Right. I think there's about 17,000 people in Westboro now. Right. Um, mm. Yeah. So we were always a big, that. small town. Yeah. So you, so you graduated high school, Shrewsbury, from Oak, right? Right. Yeah. It was the high school. The high school <laughs> at that time, right. Yeah. Class um, of 72. Class of 72. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and as John LeBeau and I would tell you, we graduated with that guy, we graduated with that guy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people in our class stayed in town. It really was funny, and we'd run into them all the time. Mm -hmm. oh, Bob Holland was in your class. Bob Holland was in our class. His father was a town engineer. What um, did, I'm curious, because <laughs> you know um, we all know the story, uh, or we've told the story on here about you know, Dick Carney was the, you know, well, he was the second town manager, but he had a very long tenure from the, the mid-1950s uh, until the late 1990s. So 
Did you have any interaction with the local government growing up? Did you know, did you hear Dick Carney's name? Did you uh, see government services, things like that? Yeah, um, and you know, the, the town hall was up um, in the center between uh, 140 Boylston Street mm -hmm. and the library. Mm -hmm. um, and it was right on the, it was right on the road. Yeah, and I used to go up there with my father because that's where, you know, you did all your business. Um, and I remember going up the second floor, creaky scares. Um, but yeah, I always knew Mr. Condi's name. My father actually built this house. Interesting. Um, they lived on Howe Ave. Howe Ave. And um, I always knew his name. I always knew Ed Holland's name. Um, and, and some of the other people who, you know, by the time I got older, they, they were gone. But um, yeah, I knew everybody. But mm. Mr. Carney's name was, and it was always Mr. Carney. Mm -hmm. um, and it stayed that way through my selectman's career. Um, when we went down to Boston for the MMA convention, mm -hmm. everybody knew him. Mm -hmm. And by then he had been like over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it was always, how's Mr. Connie? And boy, what a guy he is. And mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Everybody called him Mr. Connie. Interesting. Was, was, was your father or anyone else in your family a town meeting member when you no. were growing up? No, a couple of my uh, my father's cousins were mm -hmm. um, in town politics. One of them was on the school committee for mm -hmm. several years, mm -hmm. but no, they just they just used to work. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was it. It was the old the old school thing. Just I remember we um, when we were you were going through your like father's like building plans. You brought him down to the office, like all the different houses that he's built in oh, town. The, oh, like, the, the subdivision yeah. plans and stuff. Yeah. Which is just um, neat to know that like your family's history is well, here. Well, it was funny. Um, I never thought about my family's history was buried in the town hall. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when we were doing the work, um, trying to make sure that um, we were trying to find the deeds. And part of what we did is we went up um, in the library downstairs where we had removed all the engineering plans. Um, and we went through the plans for the subdivisions and that and for the roads. And I'm going, I'm flipping through the index and I see the Apollo. <laughs> wow. I opened it up and sure enough, there's plans going back to. 1948, I think, when my grandfather started building houses here, he built some on, on Old Mill, mm -hmm. which I never knew. Um, I, I thought he built houses on Irida Road. He didn't. He bought a piece of land on Irida Road. He never built on it. Mm -hmm. But he built, I think, nine houses on Old Mill. He built the house right next to the brick schoolhouse. Sure. And then went up that way. He built a couple up on Holman Street. There's still, I think, one there. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I had all these uh, plans that I showed you. And John LeBeau's grandfather bought a track of land from basically Fruit Street all the way to the North Row Line and basically um, the Floral Street and even beyond there because where Holando is and up in there, um, part of Holando there, um, Tobin Hill. Mm -hmm. he, he bought that. And then the family had subdivided some of it, and I found plans in there for that. So, yeah, our family history is in there. It's, kind of, it's really neat. Um, but, yeah, but when they were building houses back then, if you built, you know, like six, eight houses a year, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, I know, it's... like, when John um, re retired last year, I told him I was going to miss, like, all the stories he would tell me, like, after select board meetings or just if he did come into town hall um, in his busy schedule, we, he would always have some new like, oh, we do this because of this mm -hmm. story. And oh, like, yeah. Now I'd always know. And you still I would get newspaper articles from you. Like I have the I have the Spags one about the oh, yeah. land purchase that you sent me. Yeah, I have the one about you announcing that you're running. And I just think it's <laughs> I, I, I was going to miss that, but I, I haven't missed it because we still have you. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I found that one about me running and some of my mother's papers that she saved, you know, they hmm. saved your stuff. When yeah. You, mm -hmm. your, your class picture when you're in the fourth grade. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing, basically, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Mo, I was, uh, 
I had met you before, but um, a, a couple years before, I think. But I was surprised whenever I came in for my screening interview, it was you, uh, Donna O'Connor, and Moira, who were on the screening committee, who was supported by the consultant. But I was surprised to hear that you were in the same seat whenever Dan Morgado was hired. So you're right. on that search committee as well. Yes. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I found out when, when we were looking up stuff when John was getting ready to retire because John was, he was, he had six less years than me, yeah. um, but many years, 24 years. Um, yeah. That, as a matter of fact, John's the one who told me, I never thought about it. I was the only selectman who served with three town managers. Okay. Um, and I'm the only um, contemporary selectman because there must have been somebody at some point who appointed right. Mr. Wilcox and Mr. Carney, mm -hmm. but I'm the only one um, who appointed appointed to and worked with three. Mm -hmm. um, interesting. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, very. Um, yeah, it was, that was kind of neat. And, you know, when we when we appointed, we went through the process to appoint Dan Magato, we could at that time, the selectmen could be the screening committee and then the committee that went through with the finalists. Okay. When you came on, mm -hmm. when, when, when Dan was retiring, they had changed the law. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the board, complete board could not be its own screening committee. Right. So we found a way around it. Mm -hmm. And um, two selectmen could be on the screening committee and then it had to be somebody else. So um, I don't know how Moira and I um, got to be the two from the board. I don't remember how we got picked, but probably just kept saying we wanted to do it. <laughs> and then um, with Donna, it had been a selectman for like 12 years, I think. Um, and she was on the finance committee. So oh, okay. we get around all of that by, mm -hmm. we use Donna. Mm -hmm. Because there were other people who wanted to do it. And you know, no, no, no. It's just like, this is the most important thing the selectmen do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like when, when Dean, uh, Mr. Connie was retiring, all these people wanted to be on screening committee. They wouldn't do this and that. And it's like, are you kidding? It's like the first selectman, I mean, the first town manager in 40 years. Mm -hmm. You think we're going to give that to somebody else? It's like, right. that's our job. Right. Um, that was interesting. We never thought that Dan Magata would last two terms, maybe one, because usually that doesn't happen when you're following something like that. Right. And Dick Carney was a legend. Mm -hmm. He really was a legend. And we just didn't think he would survive it. Mm -hmm. um, but he did. I know when I was inter like leaving grad school and like looking at places to interview, I talked to one of my professors that um, he had been a town manager in a different town. He's like, oh yeah, Shrewsbury's really unique because you guys have only had like three town managers and they've mm -hmm. all been there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I think it just goes to show like how well run Shrewsbury has been and the um, people that we work with are just good people. You probably obviously have a different perspective, but we always said the reason that we had town managers for such a long time is the boards were stable, not necessarily same people on him for a long time, mm -hmm. that the boards just acted stable. Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I think what you see in a lot of other cities and towns um, across the country is that, you know, you get people to run against the local government and to run against the board and to run against things that have been done. Um, you know, for a purpose without a long-term vision. And I think what <coughs> Shrewsbury's had is people that are committed to the town of Shrewsbury, period, right? And just doing what's in the best interest of the community that it's lent itself to stability and enabled long-tenured managers because, you know, it, it wasn't for a lack of ability for Mr. Carney and Mr. Morgado to be able to go somewhere else. They could have mm -hmm. easily done that. And it may not have been as traditional at that time for people mm -hmm. to do that. But, you know, it's, you know, you start to do a lot of things and, and build a, a good team and a, a good system. You don't want to leave or you want to stay and continue to work. So 
they got the, the benefit of the stability of the board, so I don't disagree with that at all. Um, so um, I, I'll stop driving so much. So what, what's some of the favorite things that you've been, that you've worked on, you know, over the course of time? What do you remember the, the most about um, the projects that you worked on and things that were accomplished? Um, well, the easy things are the bricks and mortar stuff. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I will say one of the most satisfying was when we finally got Floral Street School built because we went a year is trying to get a school built. Like, mm -hmm. um, predated me being involved. It was this school, that school. It, you know, it, every combination of schools um, couldn't get anything passed. And people didn't believe that the population was going to grow. The, the projections all said the population right. was going to grow. And people could see that there was a housing explosion in town. They still didn't believe it. <clears throat> and finally, um, the, the, there was crowding in the elementary levels, and people finally saw it, and we and we got the school. I think that school ended up costing twelve million dollars, which is mind-boggling now when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, that was that was really satisfying. Not not that I did it; is that we finally did it. People finally believed that there was something there. Um, and I, I do remember, um, I was a chair, um, that when that was going mm -hmm. through town meeting. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make a, a, I had to make a speech to town meeting and I did. And, and it was, people listened, um, and we have worked on it with a couple of selectmen and it, you know, it was like a group effort and I just delivered it and people listened. I mean, you could tell they were listening and, and I think town meeting was starting to go that way. They realized that's where it was, but when it got done, it's like, wow, it's like, they like listened and it finally passed and then the voters passed it. That was, that was really neat. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, we, there was almost no building that hadn't been touched. Basically, Patton, I think, um, and I was getting frustrated because I couldn't get that police station built, mm -hmm. and it's like I had to wait thirty years to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> but I, I honestly will tell you, um, and getting the getting the senior center built because there were people um, saying it. Seniors saying, you know, building schools, 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 and we were. Once we got going, we. But we went right from the high school. As soon as we finished the high school, we went into Oak Middle. Mm -hmm. I mean, immediately. They were like, the, the projects were Back up. pretty much tied together. Um, and, and so the you know, taxes were going up, and the seniors kept saying, we want something, we want something. And that wasn't happening. And I can remember internal discussions about we needed to have a senior center. Um, and I was one of the people advocating for it and trying to convince people that we should have one. Mm -hmm. And there was a compromise, and we we did a uh, we got space in in this building um, down in the back to see if people would really use it, and they did. Mm -hmm. And then we finally got the building, and um, finally convinced people in town government that we needed it, and we finally got it. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big deal. I really thought that was a big deal. Yeah. I, was, I was really happy about that. Um, but I, 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 I tell people the biggest things that I look back on that are really satisfying, it's not standing back and looking at the police station mm -hmm. or any of the schools. Been able to help people who have which in the scheme of things in $140 million budgets, they try to get a, I know this sounds silly, but they try to get a street light mm -hmm. or get, yeah. get something fixed in front of their house that for some reason they're not getting through the noise. Mm -hmm. And you get it, you know, you, you just, you get it far, you get it through the process far. 
and they're so appreciative of it. It's like you gave them gold, and it's mm. like, wow, this is really what it's all about. It's mm. not about, it's not about the buildings. Right. And it, it's so. I still get goosebumps when I think about it. But I have seen people really just be so grateful that you took the time to help them on stuff like that. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what it's all about. Right. It really is. And and I've had people, and I remember the first time it happened, there was a gentleman down in Edgemere. He had a problem with the house he was building. And I spent some time with him and trying to just facilitate his way through the mm -hmm through the permitting thing. Mm -hmm. And he ended up having to go to Boston. And he went, and it didn't work out for him. And I felt so bad that he couldn't get it done. And I saw him a couple of months later, and he said, I want to thank you so much for all your help. And I was like, I said to him, what are you thanking me for? He said, well, thank you. He's like, you, you you spent so much time helping me. And I said, yeah, Kevin, but his name was Kevin. <laughs> and I said, but it, it didn't work. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't get it done for you. You couldn't do it. He said, yeah, but you took the time and you cared. Mm -hmm. Those are the things people yeah. don't realize. Those are the things when you're, when you're elected and, and you're representing people, those are the things that make a difference. All right. Those are the things that really stand out in my mind, more than anything else. I mean, you know, um, we got inclusionary zoning through, um, we got um, green communities through, we got a lot of those other things through, which are really, they're great. Mm -hmm. um, I still keep going back to do things to help people. It's, right. I think those are the things that'll stick with me longer than anything else. Yeah. I think that's why we all like local government or mm -hmm. why we land it, land in local government, right. just like or closest to the communities that we're working in or some work and live in and yep. I think that's special. So so throughout the years, I mean there there's I mean it's well documented, right? Not everything that the select board wants gets passed, not everything that the town wants gets passed. You know, you, you do what's right, right? You, you bring the question to the town and say, you know, should we do an override? Should we build this building? Should we do that? So, I mean, obviously over the years, there's been no votes and there's been disagreements of approach, but what, what hasn't changed, you know, is you getting reelected, re like for the, you know, um, all this time, those, those last 10 consecutive um, annual elections. So what do you think the difference is between those individual issues and then, like what's made you successful, do you think, in, in getting reelected? I don't know, it's like, it, you can get arrogant thinking about that, but um, a lot of Pepto-Bismol every, <laughs> every time you run. Um, I honestly, I, Anybody I've known since I've been on the board, and I've I've served with 17 different selectmen. Okay. I don't know anybody who didn't get worked up by the time the election came. Mm -hmm. um, so I really don't know anybody. I, I really don't who took for granted that they were going to reelect it. Right. I really don't. And um, I really think that. Um, well, I've had people say it to me that, you know, you can see you try, mm -hmm. you're trying to do the right thing, um, and you put the work into it, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's it. And I, I, I really think people genuinely see that you, you try to be honest and you, you, you're just there because you're trying to do the right thing. It's, only, it's the only agenda. You're not trying to get anything else out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. I don't know. I think it's just that simple. You just, and I, th I think the other thing, um, and maybe people don't see it so much, is like, I, I never cared about getting the credit. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I've had fellow board members over the years said, why, why, when that came up, how come you didn't say you did it? I said, well, what difference does it make? As long as it got done, mm -hmm. right. that's what it's about. Right. Um, so, I don't know. 
I really, I've always had the, um, my attitude about the whole thing of getting elected was, and being here so long, is that I was lucky mm -hmm. that the voters gave me permission to stay for another three years. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of times I was nervous and wondered if they were going to let me. And the more nervous I got, usually the better vote I got. So I don't know how that, how that worked out. It's not like you don't poll. Right. right. So you have no idea. You really don't know. Um, but I always felt I was lucky. Um, it was like, wow, I guess they think I'm tr at least trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, so interesting. I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So. Um, what advice would you give to people then? Anything different than that? Just for for serving wanna, in government? Yeah, if they want to serve in local government on elected body. I think, um, and you know, when we're looking to appoint a manager, mm -hmm. um, or when we've had instances, not when we're replacing a selectman, because we don't, mm -hmm. but we've replaced people in the school committee, and um, library trustees. Yeah. Like if I'm going to support somebody who's running, I always go beyond the politics, and I try to I try to figure out what kind of person the, the that person is. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it's failed me yet, and it hasn't failed me with it. Um, I don't think it's failed me. Um, you haven't failed me. And Mr. <laughs> Magado hasn't failed me. It's like, what kind of person are they? Are they, are they you know, have a moral compass? They, are they true to themselves? Are they going to try to do the right thing? They're not going to just panda. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I tell people. You, you got to be in it. You got to try to be in it for the right reason. If you're in here for one issue um, and you're here to make noise, then mm -hmm. it's not. It's not the right place to be, I don't think. Right. Um, and I never, other people do it because they want it for a stepping stone. We haven't, we really haven't had people who, who've done that, mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, I, my, mostly everybody did it because they just wanted to be a selectman. They weren't interested in going above it. Right. Um, I, I think. You should have the focus of I want to do a good job here, mm -hmm. um, and focus on the community. Yep. Um, so, um, any favorite stories from your time on the board? Did you guys used to, you know, have any big parties that you haven't told me about yet, or do any really fun things back in the day that we couldn't get away with any longer? Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, you know, after town meeting, um, it used to be the ground round over here. And um, I won't tell you who I used to go with. Okay. When it started. John LeBeau. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No, I, I, I had, I actually started dragging him. Um, there were a few guys a couple of years older than me who used to go for a drink after town meeting. and. I actually kind of liked them because I listened to their old politics stories, uh -huh. and I asked them if I could go. So we used to go town meeting, and <laughs> um, we used to close the place up after. And God only knows, you know, we had nights when town meeting went four nights. Sure. And there were sometimes that, like, you know, we used to get out to like one one thirty, get up to work. I used to have to be to work at seven. It was a killer. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say, say to John or somebody, hey, come on now, we're going so-and-so. We're going to go down and have a drink. Mm -hmm. And it kind of grew. And then by the last night of town meeting, there'd be like 40 or 50 people down there. <laughs> um, department heads and stuff like that, it was the last night. And it was fun. It was something to look That's forward fun, yeah. to. And because you sat and talked with everybody and it, was, it wasn't business. Right. Mm -hmm. And they used, to have, they used to have chicken wings by the bucket. Mm -hmm. I used to go in and order like, <laughs> how many do you want? 
I'd say 150. And they go, no, no, really, how many do you want? I said, 150. <laughs> yep. Put them on a the table. And everybody would just be like friends. Yep. And, I mean, we were friendly, but it wasn't the relationship of selectmen to a department head or mm -hmm. whatever. And it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Those things stood out. Mm -hmm. um, but there was, there was one story, I'll tell you, when um, the biofilters for the sewerage, mm -hmm. It was a time when there were a couple of places really was a problem, and their biofilters were just starting to come out. So, um, I know it sounds funny, but I was always interested in the water system and the sewer system. I went down they were going to run because, you know, people want their toilets to flush and they want their <laughs> water to come out of their out of their faucet. So, it would, you know how I am. I get just get into. I got to know how these things work. Mm -hmm. So. Somebody got this brilliant idea that we should go and see these biofilters. So Dick Carney, Ed Holland, Bob, Bob Sadesky, me, and it might have been one other person. We took the COA van <laughs> and we drove out, I think it was to Springfield, but it was out near there to go see one of these biofilters and it was massive because it was in a sewage treatment plant. And we walked over the top of it, and, oh, it doesn't smell so bad. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's a little hole about this big, and you could smell it. We didn't think too much of it. So we got there, walked around, and when I got in the truck, and I don't know if it was the same day, but we went to other places, and one of them was down the Cape. We drove all the way down the Cape, and that one smelled a little because there were some, the top layer was open. And you stood near it, and you could smell it. We still didn't think that much of it. So it was in the morning, and we decided we were going to stop and have a coffee. So we went in friendlies, oh, no. and we were sitting there, and nobody was sitting near us. <laughs> right? And then we realized, we got outside, we smelled like, <laughs> like sewage, right? So, so... All right, so we kind of realized, you know, people looking at us, raw dressed up, you know, <laughs> and we, we stunk. <laughs> well, it happened to be a night we were having a special town meeting. Oh, oh, God. So we went home and showered, and when you put the water on you, you smelled even worse. Oh, no. Man, it takes... I must have had to shower like four times that day, <laughs> try to get it out of my hair, and I swear we still smelled it. At, at town meeting is like unbelievable. Why we did that, I don't know. But that's, that was a funny thing. That's a good thing. story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, brilliant idea. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, we could probably sit here and uh, talk all day about this, but uh, any other thoughts, advice, things for the future for us to think about? Um, when we when we listen to this episode in like five or ten years again, no, you know after what? we've gotten our like award winning podcast, no, it, it, this is probably what more, do you want us to remember? Probably more for my fellow selectmen. Yeah, um, I always it, it isn't just as a selectman. I always have had the the three things. You got to have an intellectual curiosity mm -hmm. and want to want to learn new things. Um, and you better want to learn on your own because there's nobody to teach you. Mm -hmm. If you ask, you get the help. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes in and says, hey, Mo, come on into the treasurer's office. I'll tell you how this works. Mm -hmm. If you ask, you'll get it. You just, it's just the way it works. You've got to mm -hmm. teach yourself. You've got to have the intellectual curiosity. I think the other thing is you've you got to say, why do we do it this way? And is there a better way to do it? Mm -hmm. um, I, I am not a subscriber to, we always did it this way, so we have to do it that way. Um, sometimes there isn't a better way to do it, but I think you need to ask. I mm -hmm. think that's how you move forward. Um, and I, I, there's been times that we've talked, not that I've come up with the ideas, sometimes I came up with ideas, but the managers have come up with ideas to look at a different way to do something. And it ended up being a lot better. There are other times you looked at it and go, no, it's not going to work. But at least you'll look at it. Yeah. So I think you, you're always going to be looking at new possibilities. Um, 
I mean, that, to me, that's the key. You always got to be interested in something new. Um, I think I think I've stayed fresh for most of the time I've been doing it, and I think that's why, because mm -hmm. I'm just interested in something new. Um, I think you got to be like that. Yeah. So that's it. That's great. And you got to like what you're doing. When it when you don't like it anymore, it's time to leave. And that isn't why. I left now. I left now because I have some other stuff I want to do. Yeah. Um, but when you still have to come by town hall with Dusty so I can say. Hi. Oh, it's like <laughs> you know. I still know how to use a phone. Now I just call up as one of those cranky residents. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pick up my trash by, by, by four o'clock. Um, no, but I. It's been a great experience, and I will. I will just. I'll close with this. Sure. I have met more people and made more friends from being a selectman in my 30 years at SPAGS, all my other jobs. Um, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. It's been an unbelievable experience, and I think I've learned more professionally. Um, I, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Yeah. I, I really, sometimes you get kind of ticked off about something, but overall, it was best experience whatever I just met so many people I learned so much I don't think there's almost anybody that I work with that I haven't learned something from um, and I, I just think it's been great it's been great that's great well we certainly appreciate you coming on here and, and having this conversation and we'll have time in the coming weeks to honor your service I'm sure no doubt and we'll get you back for the main dedication of the police station if it doesn't happen before you leave for sure, <laughs> yeah. without a doubt so um while we're on the podcast i'll just thank you for everything all the support that you've given me and given me the opportunity to be here it's been a a pleasure and i've had a lot of fun and uh we talk many times throughout the week which is good keep things moving keep things grounded provide a lot of support to us at the staff level so we're we're grateful for that so it's been a pleasure to work with you it really has it's been a pleasure to work with you you really are a big part of the reason i ran the last term i really wanted to work with you a few more years so um it's two-way street yeah thank you <laughs> well we really appreciate your time mo this has been another really fun and informative episode on the town manager download if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to consider, um, we ask you that you email us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. So another special thank you to Mo DiPaolo, and on behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.